Well, I want to speak today on the subject of how to be a good friend. And I think uh, the fact that I'm going through the book of Proverbs inspired this sermon in my just quiet time and Bible reading every morning. In fact, I only have one more chapter and a half left. But also thinking about today being such a special day. Sad day, but a thankful day because this man has been such a blessing to us. He's been like a young Timothy here. Uh, I never dreamed when uh, the Lord sent Brad here about nine years ago to minister that he would be such a personal blessing and encouragement to me. Uh, we're going to come across a scripture in a little bit as iron sharpeneth iron, how that uh, friends, Christian friends, can sharpen one another and keep each other keen. And I don't know whether I've sharpened Brad up at all, but I know his being here has sharpened me up. And uh, boy, I'm going to miss that. And I was tickled a while ago because Brad takes care of all of our sound and stuff too, and he's trained people. Got ready to put my microphone on, and I've lost the little clip. Brad, what am I going to do when you leave, brother? But before you leave, your last job is to find my clip today uh, somewhere. All right, let's begin, though this is going to come out of Proverbs uh, the word friend is mentioned 187 times in the Old Testament alone, and one of the themes of Proverbs is friendship. But uh, I was thinking of this scripture a while ago. I didn't share it with the early service, but to begin today, turn to Ecclesiastes for a moment, okay? We have a PowerPoint that'll have the Proverbs passages for you, but look at this wonderful passage in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. Uh, when our Twin grandchildren were born. This is the passage I claimed for them as twins. But I think it can apply to husbands, to wives. I think it can apply to friends, good Christian friends. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. I've always thought of that threefold cord of being uh, uh, two really good believing friends and the Lord as the main person in that triad. All right, how to be a good friend. I want to share with you seven qualities of being a good friend straight out of the book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs. Now, Jesus was big on friendship. Sometimes read John 15. And God was big on friendship. You remember he called Abraham three times in the Word of God. Abraham is called a friend of God. Now, that's just an awesome thought, isn't it? I mean, you know, our God is so awesome and so great, we can't even describe him. We just run out of words. And yet he wants to be our very best friend. Jesus had compassion over the whole world. He so loved the world. But he had a, a special compassion, I think, in closeness to 70. He sent forth 70 disciples at times and maybe had a little closer bond with these folks. You see, you can't, you can be friendly, and every Christian ought to be friendly, but you can't just have a good close friend with everybody. I mean, you're just one person. You can only go so far, right? And even the Lord Jesus, he had the multitude. He loved everybody, but he had the 70, and then he had what? The 
12 disciples. But even within the 12 disciples, he had an inner circle of three, Peter and James and John. And I've had to ask myself the question, you know, how many good friends do I have? It's made me rethink this thing. And, and you know, when you look at Paul, and we're studying the book of uh, 1 Peter 9 Sunday School, but especially as you study these people, you'll find they had many friends. Sometimes read Romans chapter 16, the sign-off chapter of that book of Romans, and look at all the people Paul said, oh, so-and-so says to tell you hello, and hello to so-and-so, and God bless so-and-so. Oh, folks, we need friends. And one of the most horrible indictments I've ever heard uh, was from one of my favorite uh, Preacher's Chuck Swindoll, and he said that this guy had come out of the bar life and he had become a Christian and he was faithful in the church. And one day he was talking to Dr. Swindoll and he said, you know, the only thing I miss about the old life is I had such good friends there at the bar. Folks, there shouldn't be any friends better than Christian friends. Okay? I mean, one of the things that ought to attract the world to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is they ought to see our loving, committed friendship one to another. Are you still cultivating friends? I think we ought to be cultivating friends to the day the Lord calls us home. And are, are you nurturing old friendships? We're going to come across a passage, if I ever get down to the scriptures, we're going to come across a passage that says, uh, don't neglect the family friendships that your parents may have even had in times past. Quality number one is a good friend is loving. Friendship in the Bible is based upon love. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Now this doesn't mean that uh, your family member is going to be a problem to you. It means that your family member will be there when you have calamity or, or adversity, but a friend will be there too. A friend can sometimes even be a better support to you than your own family member. But a friend loves at all times. Our friendship is not based upon emotion or feeling. Our friendship is not based upon skin color or social class or educational status or how much money someone has in the bank. Our friendship is based upon the love of God in our heart toward other people, okay? Love your neighbor as yourself. Did you know that the same Hebrew word translated friend is sometimes translated neighbor in the Old Testament? And one of the places that it's translated neighbor is Leviticus 19.18, which Jesus quoted in Matthew 22. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You can translate that friend. You shall love your friend. You got anybody you love like that? Jesus said, greater love had no man than this, than he lay down his life for his whom? His friends. People ought to look at our friendships and be able to see the love of Christ there. Quality number two, a good friend not only is loving, a good friend is, is cautious. The Bible does say choose your friends carefully. You know, uh, someone told me yesterday, actually in McDonald's, we had the twins and so we carried the twins to McDonald's and this uh, lady that works there and I have kind of become buddies and uh, I don't know why she brought this up. She said, oh, I tell you, there's so many problems in the world today, she said, those two nuns 
Remember the nuns that were murdered in, was it Durant, Mississippi? Somewhere down there. It was on the news. She said, uh, she said, you know, those two nuns were just trying to be a friend to that fella that killed them. Now, whenever you reach out in love, you're probably going to get hurt sometimes. I mean, Jesus did, didn't he? He was crucified, but he still loved us. But not everybody should be your closest friend. The Bible says don't be unequally yoked together. Don't you dare if you're a Christian marry a non-Christian. Because see, your best friend in the world, if you're married, ought to be your husband. It ought to be your wife. That ought to be your best friend. Marsha's my best friend. And that's the way it ought to be. But if one of them's saved and one of them's lost, you can never have that really true divine spiritual unity that you can only have in Christ. But be ye not unequally yoked together also applies young people to your friends. This is especially for you. Let's look at the scripture. Proverbs 12, 26, the righteous. That's a saved person. Somebody that wants to do right in the sight of God should choose his friends carefully, cautiously. Why? For the way of the wicked leads them astray. Oh, mom and dad, you tell me don't run around the wrong crowd, but I, I'm going I'm to lead them to the Lord. I'm going to help them to get better. You know what happens so many times? You don't help them to step up and get better. They pull you down. And to you people, persons out there like I am, I know you, some of you just like me, I can meet somebody for the first time and, and, and something in my heart wants me to be their best friend. Now there's nothing really wrong with that. Some people are just more people persons than others, but go slow, be prayerful, be careful. You should be loving and friendly to all people, but there are some folks that you just can't be best friends with. You understand what I'm saying? I hope you don't think I'm being stuck up here. It's right here in the Word of God. Jeff, oh, I don't know, it was a year ago, preached on Psalm 1. Psalm 1, 1 and 2. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinner, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. All right, characteristic number three, be loyal. And this is a biggie in the book of Proverbs. True friends are loyal. Someone said a true friend is one who walks in when everybody else walks out. A true friend is there for you in the good and the bad and the ugly. We don't need to be fair weather friends. I'll tell you a heartbreak. I've had more than one preacher friend to go through divorce. And it wasn't their desire. It wasn't their fault. They didn't want it. They did everything they could to keep their marriage together, but their wife just walked out, had an affair, walked out. And I've had more than one preacher friend to tell me, you know, Brother Jack, when that happened, I lost all my preacher friends. They just disappeared. That's a shame. That's a fair weather. It's not even a true friend at all. Proverbs 18, 24, one who has unreliable friends. I like the NIV translation. One who has many companions soon comes to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Holman Commentary says, basically this is saying it's better to have one true friend than a dozen disloyal companions. And then that passage about a family's friend I told you about a moment ago. Proverbs 27.10, do not forsake your own friend or your father's friend or go to your brother's house in the day of calamity 
Better is a neighbor nearby than a brother far away. Again, this isn't saying that your family shouldn't help you or you shouldn't go to your family for help, but sometimes that good friend is closer than your family member. Sometimes your family member may have already passed on to glory. I'm telling you, good friends are so important. Now let me tell you, as we see, and I hope things will change in this country, but we're seeing Christians becoming more and more persecuted, and our friendship is going to become more and more important to be strengthened by each other and be encouraged by each other. Then be trustworthy. Trustworthy. Proverbs 17, 9. He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. What does this mean? This means true friends can keep a confidence. If someone is my friend and they tell me something in confidence, I should not even tell my wife. And I just about tell my wife everything. But let me tell you, if, if you think you're a friend and you feel like you've got to repeat things that your friend bears their heart to you about, then you're not a true friend. A true friend is someone that can trust us. A true friend is someone that feels safe with us because they know we're not going to gossip about what they tell us. We love them too much to make them look bad in the eyes of others. I found a plaque a while back and I put it in the entryway going into our bedroom. I gave it to Marcia. Here's what it says. You'll always be my friend because you know too much. <laughs> Quality number five, be honest. 27.6 of Proverbs, faithful, this is the Hebrew word for trusted, are the wounds. And if you want to know what kind of wounds these are, in Proverbs 20.30 we read about wounds that are like the wounds of a surgeon, that they hurt but they end up healing us and making us well and making us better. And let me tell you, if somebody really loves you, they'll be honest with you. Now they need to be sweet and honest with you, but they'll be honest with you. A while back, Lee Strickland is a wonderful volunteer secretary for us. God bless her. And she was new. And, and one day uh, I picked out my own clothes and I saw this kind of white knit shirt, polo shirt. And I thought, I wonder why I hadn't been wearing that. And I was in a hurry and I put it on. Well, lo and behold, I noticed I was standing in the office there and Lee kept looking at my shirt and a little bit later, I went to the restroom and looked in the mirror, and it had a big old stain on it. I mean, it wasn't dark. It was just kind of like a big coffee stain. And I'd been walking around all day thinking I was looking cool with a big old stain on it. So I marched back into Lee's office. I said, Lee, you got to love your pastor enough to tell him when he's got a stain on his shirt. She said, oh, Brother Jack, I wanted to. I just didn't know what to do. And now, I mean, if I have the slightest little spot on my shirt, Lee said, Brother Jack, you. <laughs> a friend will tell you when you've got a stain in your life that's hurting you. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Somebody that kisses up to you a lot of times is like a Judas. They've got an ulterior motive. As iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. 
I mean, when you communicate with friends and you're honest and you're loving, it, it brightens your countenance even. Ointment and perfume delight the heart. In the Jewish world in that day, ointment and perfume were used in festive and joyous occasions. But let me tell you something else that's joyous. The sweetness of a man's friend who gives hearty counsel. And then the sixth characteristic, be considerate. Don't smother your friend. Proverbs 25, 17, I don't have this up there, but it says you can wear out your welcome. Did you know that? Chapter 27, verse 14, he who blesses his friend. Now that's normally a good thing, amen? But be considerate of your friends. They got to have room to breathe. He who blesses his friend with a loud voice rising early in the morning, it will be counted a curse to him. And uh, this is dedicated to Brad especially. It will be annoying and considerate to mess with folks early in the morning, in other words, you know. Marsha and I have had some strange friends <laughs> throughout the ministry. One of the first churches we ever pastored down in Marigold, Mississippi. We'd just gotten married. And uh, there was this guy just a few years younger than us, and he wasn't married, and he, would, he liked to come visit us about 10.30 every night. Not every night, but two or three nights a week. I said, let's just ignore the door bell. And you know what? He'd come to the screens on the windows. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Name was Chuck. Marsha still is a Facebook friend with him today. But anyway, one night I'd had it. We were sitting at the table, and they'd just come out with these little packages of dog food, you know, in these clear cellophane packages. And they look like little chunks of, of ham. And I know God's forgiven me for this. I know he has. <laughs> Chuck was sitting at the table about 11 o'clock at night. He loved to eat. I said, Chuck, you want some little ham bites? Yeah. <laughs> Old man, cellophane package, pour it in a bowl, put it on the kitchen table. Chuck took a bite. I thought this will get ready. Marshall looked at me like I'm going to just shoot you. When it... <laughs> he took a bite and he said, hmm, pretty good. Oh. <laughs> he works for Perina Dog Chow today. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He's still around, though. Oh, be considerate. What am I saying? Be considerate of your best friend. And I want to close with the most important thing of all. If you don't feel like you've got another friend in the world, let me tell you who the best friend in the world is. Jesus Christ. Proverbs 22, 11, I think, at least alludes to that. He who loves purity of heart. What does the beatitude in Matthew 5, 8 say? Blessed are the pure in heart. They say, what? See God? If you're going to be a friend, you've got to see somebody. You want to be a good friend of God. And we've been going through 1 Peter in Sunday school. Does it not say, be ye holy? The number one characteristic of the Lord is holiness. And without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. If, if I want to really be close to my Lord, I'm going to have to get serious about being holy. And I'm not talking about some kind of stiff, rigid, legalistic holiness. I'm talking about just really being right in my heart with the Lord. Why? Because he's my best friend. And I long for that close fellowship. He who loves purity of heart and has grace on his lips because the lips always express the heart. The king will be his friend. And the best king I know of is the king of kings, the Lord Jesus 
Christ. Did you know Jesus feels every one of these characteristics? He's loving. Greater love hath no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friend. He chooses us. John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you. He always takes the initiative. I don't know why he'd want me to be his friend. Oh, my goodness. Oh, but he does. He's loyal. Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's trustworthy. Revelation 1, 5, he's called the faithful, witnessed. He's honest. John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth. And the life, and he is considerate, Matthew eleven thirty. 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Brother Rick, I came across this old hymn a while ago. Again, I didn't share this in the first service. It's called No, Not One. Remember that? Brad, this was written before you were born. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one, no, not one. None else could heal all my our soul's diseases, no, not one, no, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus, no, not one, no, not one. No friend like him is so high and holy, no, not one, no, not one. And yet no friend is so meek and lowly, no, not one, no, not one. There's not an hour that he is not near us, no, not one, no, not one. No night so dark, but his love can cheer us, no, not one, no, not one. Did ever a saint find this friend, forsake him? No, not one, no, not one. Our sinner find that he would not take him? No, not one, no, not one. Was ever a gift like the Savior given? No, not one, no, not one. Will he refuse us a home in heaven? No, not one, no, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Do you know him? Do you know him as your Savior and your Lord and your friend? And if you know him as your Savior and your Lord and your friend, how's your friendship with Jesus lately? Hmm? Does it need to be renewed, revived, and refreshed? Let's stand together and we'll pray. God, we thank you for Christian friends. I pray, oh Lord, that all of us would be able to say we have a Christian friend or some Christian friends. Maybe some more on the 70 level, maybe some more on the 12 level, maybe some more on the 3 level. Lord, I pray that every husband would be able to say, my wife's my best friend, and every wife here today would be able to say, my husband's my best friend, other than you, of course, Lord. And Father, I pray that we would look into our own heart today if we don't have any friends or many friends and ask why. I pray that we might take some steps this week to have stronger and better friendships. And Lord Jesus, most of all, we thank you today that you chose to be our friend before we would have ever chosen to be your friend. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That you're always there and you never leave us and you never forsake us. Oh, Jesus, thank you for being the best friend we could ever have.
And even in heaven, when we behold you on the throne and we are awed and amazed, as your eyes can flash like a flame of fire, Revelation says, and your hair is white like wool, and your face shines like the noonday sun, and John fell at your feet as dead, but you placed your hand upon him, and you let him know, and you'll let us know, yes, Lord, King, Creator, and Savior, but I'm your friend. Oh, if you don't know Jesus as your friend today, oh, my, my friend, please accept him. He died for your sins on the cross. He paid your wrong, your sin debt, that which would keep you out of a holy heaven. He paid for it. He suffered so much for it. That's what kind of friend he is. Accept him as your Lord and Savior today. Believe he died for you, rose from the grave. Give your heart to him today. Would you do that? I hope you would. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing together.